Well, good day and welcome to another episode here of the Disaster Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Davis, the pod medic, and we've um, got a lot going on tonight. Uh, it's the coming towards the end of our 10th year on the podcast, which is, in itself is exciting. And there's so much to look back on this year that we've covered that we're going to kind of do our retrospective and uh, then we'll have a few regular episodes and then we usually take the last week or so off of the year for holiday times. So uh, we thought this would be a good episode to kind of get some of the gang together and talk about our favorite episodes for the year. And uh, before we can get to any of that, of course, which happens every week, we have to bring in Sam Bradley, uh, my esteemed co-host for the last 10 years. Hey, Sam. Hey, Jamie. Well, Thanksgiving Day, we got our first dose of snow, and it was a pretty good one. We were somewhere between six and eight inches here in the front range. So winter is on, and we have our Kyle Nelson, the man of the mountains. Uh, They have to be getting some snow up there, right, Kyle? Yes, indeed, Sam. We're uh, starting to get a little dusting of snow here in the central mountains from our next of uh, two storm systems that are sliding through here this weekend. So we're looking forward to getting some more snow, opening up some more terrain in the mountains, and really looking forward to kicking winter off with a bang. Absolutely. Um, Dr. Joe, I know you don't have any snow down there. (laughs) I don't. We just started getting some rain and uh, are expecting a little colder weather, but nothing really major right now. Fairly quiet here. Good deal. Well, Jamie, how are things back east? Um, chilly, but, uh, you know, it is the beginning of December, so it, it is expected to be cold this time of year. And we'll take it. I, I don't mind the cold weather so much, so um, I'm enjoying it, uh, having some chilly nights and snuggle under blanket and, you know, kind of relax and enjoy my evening. So it's nice. Yeah, that's the part I like. <laughs> Well, we're going to start out with uh, this year, and I think, uh, except for Jamie, and I don't, can't believe he wouldn't be in agreement, but I know that Joe and uh, Kyle and I all kind of agree on our favorite, which was, uh, I'm trying to get my notes up here, which was the story about the uh, cave rescue. Yeah, that's my that's tops my list too. Um, just fascinating to have him on and have somebody with a medical background involved with it, so that he he was able to kind of share the treatment side of it as well as the experience as the person being rescued. It was pretty fascinating. Well, Kyle, you made some interesting comments on all the variable pieces of this that made you pick it as your favorite. What? overdose if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I really loved that episode and I actually listened to it on the plane when I was flying back from teaching in American Samoa uh, just uh, about a month ago. And it was one of those where I just had to keep rewinding and going back and listening again because it's it's a story that just is, it almost sounds too good to be true, but what a harrowing journey uh, Mark Mark had. And I really loved that episode. And that was at the top of my list because I thought about it, right? It was a, a clinical, technical rescue, international coordination, and disaster management sort of topic set all combined into one episode. And sort of getting that, that perspective on just what all goes into, right? And, you know, a, a, a rescue that is that technically complex with such a, you know, a complex patient 
and in that terrain internationally and all those different factors that that uh, you know Mark and his wife talked about, it was truly just incredible to me to think about um, you know sometimes how much we take for granted how uh, how seamlessly sometimes are even what are what can be perceived as complex incidents can run here uh, in the United States. And so thinking about that sort of incident happening in a you know across the world, really, really was very humbling to me and really speaks to the depth of uh, discussions that we have and that we bring onto the podcast. Yeah, and I was lucky to get hooked up with him because a doctor friend of mine said, hey, I got this friend, Mark, and I'd seen coverage of it on TV. And I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me. You get to have a podcast with this guy. And it was so nice having her on, too. She was such a big part of the story. What were your thoughts on it, Joe? Well, I, I, you know me, I love the clinical stuff. And uh, so I, I, it, it was so awesome to hear somebody talk about the clinical side of things from not only their expertise in response and spelunking and all that other kind of stuff, but as the patient as well, uh, which was really fascinating. So, you know, to me, it was kind of like Kyle said, right? It brought together so many different aspects of the many different things that we've talked about and just absolutely fascinating to get that from an informed um, patient perspective who, who you know, kind of understands the world that we uh, live and work in. Well, and they're both medically trained, so they were able to speak at that level, which was helpful. Jamie? I, I can only just echo everything that Kyle and Joe said. I think, you know, as, as an episode that happens in our 10th year on this show, it is amazing how clearly it brings together all of the various things we've covered in uh, several hundred episodes we've done over the years. Um, it is pretty fascinating for me to to really be in a position after all of these years to grasp the this just the complexity of what they pulled together to to affect this rescue and to have such a positive outcome at the end of it um, is really just amazing to me uh, that that kind of made the biggest impact on me. Yeah. Well, let's stay with you, Kyle, and run through your other ones. I think you're, for some reason, my notes don't want to come up here, but I think the second one was uh, one that Dan C did, right? Yeah, the Maui Fires Aftermath episode with Dan Z, and that one uh, was second on my list, and that's largely because it shows that there's still lots of amazing research um, ongoing in the wake of disasters um, by very, very uh, knowledgeable and skilled scientists and research institutes, because, you know, we as a, you know, as, as a community of public safety and emergency managers always you know, we, but the mantra is right. You know, we, we don't want this to happen again. We can't let this happen again, but having the scientific backing of folks like Dan and the folks at, uh, at Neary, um, the Institute that he's part of there to go in, do these studies, have those difficult conversations with the survivors and be able to learn so much to share and improve upon best practices, recommendations for building codes, other standards, 
and areas and, and you know methodologies and technologies to improve not just response, but also the, the mitigation or the preparedness so that next time something like this may happen, even in a different area, perhaps something came out of that study that helped prevent the disaster from being as bad as it could have been. And so much, I feel, you know, focuses on you know, the preparedness and the response phase. And that's where a lot of us maybe like to spend our time, right, as, as first responders, right, as the name indicates. But it's also really neat to talk about the, the mitigation and the recovery side of things as well to get that perspective holistically of the disaster cycle. Exactly. And the, the uh, research that Dan and Neary do, um, I always end up getting a lot of that from Dan after the fact, like the Maui fires. And he covered uh, the dam break in uh, Ukraine and um, also discussed some, the Turkey and Syria earthquake. And every time that happens, they look at the building construction and what worked and what didn't. And from all of that, they learn how to make things bigger and stronger and more resilient. What were your thoughts on, on that one? Uh, Joe? Well, I think you just you just hit on what was really cool from my perspective, and that was how we continue to learn from uh, disasters. And I think that one was a, a great example of, you know, we have to study uh, incidents, failures, uh, issues, et cetera, in order to, to keep that cycle of constant improvement uh, going forward. So, uh, I, I like that aspect of that one a lot, and I, uh, I liked how it um, tied together the the bigger picture. Uh, you know, it, it, it touched on a lot of different aspects, and, and it just gives you a sense of how broad-based many of these disasters are, right? That's why they're disasters. They, they cover lots of different uh, areas, things, problems people, et cetera. Right. And we love Dan because every time there's some kind of disaster anywhere in the world, I'll be getting an email. Okay, we want to talk about this. <laughs> of course we do. Jamie? I agree. And that's the best part of it is that we have built this relationship with Dan and with with through him with Nary to to be able to keep up with what they're doing on the back end to review and, res and resolve some kind of, of, I don't know, answers following disaster situations. So, you know, the, the idea that this is a network of community-based resources in various universities around the country, also connected to people on the ground, everyday individuals on their Slack channel, participating in in sharing photographs and social media contacts and things like that so that they can in real time try to track and see uh you know well this is wind damage in this location we need to check that out and things like that all of that really you know just shows a community effort that that transcends what's going on in these research centers but also bringing in the outer community as well and i think that kind of crowdsourcing is pretty amazing Yes, that is. Another one uh, of your favorites, Kyle, was uh, Joe's clinical research on heads up CPR. Do you want to tell them what you liked about that? Oh, gosh. Well, that, that was an episode that uh, I, I truly did enjoy. 
One, because we kind of talked about it from, and, and Sam, I think you posed the question of like, well, there's you know some of this, you know, this research coming out with perhaps improved uh, patient outcomes with heads up CPR and, and some other um, you know devices and things, and really posing the question of well, what does that look like in a non-urban environment, a side country, backcountry environment, on the ski slopes, for example, right? And because just like cardiac arrest can happen in the urban environment, they can happen uh, and have happened up on the, our mountains uh, here in Aspen as well. And so just sort of taking that. That, that research, that new idea, and really kind of playing it through and, and what ifing, I think is really fun to do here on the podcast where we can bounce ideas off of each other and sort of uh, also um, put things out and ask questions of our, uh, of our listeners in the Disaster Podcast Facebook group and have them respond and give us feedback and share their thoughts and ideas. I just thought it was a, a really neat episode and it was uh, the heads up CPR was actually, it was the, the research was mentioned in our fall uh, ski patrol medical refresher. Um, it hasn't found its way into any of our local policies yet, but it just, uh, it just goes to show. And our, our Valley, I, I would argue is one of the more progressive in the state of Colorado with uh, implementing and, and keeping abreast of new research in the medical community. And so I thought it was really cool that it, it, it was made a mention of where I was like, oh my gosh, we talked about that on the podcast with you know with Dr. Joe, and it, it really just brought it home for me. Well, Dr. Joe's on top of it. Anything new in that arena, Joe? Uh, gosh, let's see. Um, off the top of my head, uh, no. I think there are some presentations being put together for. Uh, you know, the upcoming uh, EMS shows, EMS World and EMS Today and uh, some of those kind of things uh, that are just catching up with the clinical trial data uh, that's been flowing back and overall has been pretty positive. Uh, there was an interesting article uh, that came out, uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Uh, and it it was interesting in that it got a fair amount of press um, because it it tended to say uh, heads up CPR really doesn't work very well, uh, and so that 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 sort of caught the headline right. Uh, but when you read through the article and and, and the way they performed the study, what they did was actually uh, completely reinforce all the things that those of us who have been studying heads up CPR for a long time have said not to do, uh, because it will indeed make things worse if you do it that way. And they did it that way. And sure enough, it made things worse. And then they published it and said, well, see, heads up CPR doesn't work very well. Uh, and it was just really fascinating to see the exchange on social media of people who clearly didn't read the article very well, didn't understand what they were reading, and didn't know the, the additional science well enough to recognize that the, the the conclusion uh, to the article was very broad and based on all the stuff that 
we already knew was bad. So, you know, it, uh, to me, it, it, it just made it clear that you have to read the scientific journals uh, carefully and you need to know a little bit about what you're reading in order to really appreciate it and to take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt and make sure you look into the details because that's really where the important information lies. Sam, are you there? Yeah. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Oh, problem with my mute button, I guess. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, that topic? Well, I think it's fascinating. And, and what one of my, um, I actually had two similar things in my um, selections for the year. Um, both of them was this topic and then the crush injury topic we just did with Joe, just as a, an overarching, really enjoying always Joe's clinical topics on different different subjects in in, med, in the medical space. And so this was one of them. And I I like seeing this kind of research. I you know my days in, in EMS date back to a time when uh, we weren't doing as much science-based and research-based medical treatment in, in things like cardiac arrest. It was more of, well, we think this will work or this is the way we've always done it. I mean, you know, I had lidocaine in my protocols and <laughs> things like yeah, that. me too. And so it, it is, you know, it is interesting and exciting to be able to see this kind of research advance our ability to – uh, effect a, a rescue in something that in my history as as a paramedic was not terribly successful with because we didn't have the research to back us up in the field and so it was just at the very end of my career that we started doing you know cardiac arrest management teams in the field and teamwork CPR and that pit crew concept and all of those things that started to come together and improve cardiac arrest survival rates, even in relatively rural settings like where I live. So I, I really have enjoyed watching the, the research continue and the save rates continue to rise um, so to the point where, you know, often, you know, the predictor is, is how cutting edge are the protocols for a given system. And, and that's exciting. Yes, it is. Um, Kyle, your last one was your own topic about avalanche risks and rescue. Um, and Joe, you're going to love this. They have a new avalanche puppy up there. So you want to talk about Ruby, Kyle? Oh, gosh, I could talk about Ruby all all day here as we record. Um, so Ruby, she's a uh, she's our, our new avalanche puppy. We got her when uh, she was just a few weeks old, uh, went and picked her up from a, a breeder in Utah. And uh, she's a uh, Irish red golden retriever, uh, bred to be a working dog. And uh, it was a lot of fun seeing her grow up this summer on the mountain as we were doing some summer activities and things, socializing her with all the wedding groups that came up there. Ruby got in um, almost every photo with the bridal party because Hello, what uh, what what bride and groom would not love to have that beautiful dog in their photo? 
Uh, but we're training Ruby to be an avalanche rescue dog. And so um, air scent detection of uh, human scent from under the snow. And so you can tell that she's got an interest. She has a, you know, the prey drive and, and it's the natural curiosity. So all the markers for, for being a, a strong perspective working dog are there. And we can't wait to get her on the snow and into the snow here uh, this winter. So that avalanche topic now is kind of coming full circle where uh, we have a dog uh, that we're training sort of from the ground up and i'm sort of uh, one of the uncles uh, to ruby on the patrol so i'll i'll take her every once in a while uh as as we just kind of get her used to working with different ones of us and really having uh, the dog focus on the uniform as the authority as opposed to the person so should an avalanche occur uh, any one of us could take uh, take her out give her commands and have her conduct a search she wouldn't be solely tied to her handler Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You'll have to tell Kimberly about that, Joe. Oh, I was just thinking that. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, those are obviously any episodes that include dogs are near near to my heart, and uh, uh, certainly make me think about uh, Kimberly anytime. Well, what's interesting is Kimberly's dogs are trained to do cadavers and to do search and rescue and that kind of thing. But if you have a dog that's trained for the snow and smelling people under the snow that's a whole different skill set right yeah it, it it is interesting that the, the 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 dogs that do best in those environments are the ones that are trained specifically for that you know the the idea of trying to identify for example a a deceased victim a cadaver versus a cadaver that's been significantly destroyed by fire uh is uh, a challenge they're they're a bit different and the dogs need to train specifically on those uh different things in order to be good at that skill right and you can't i guess you can't teach them everything or they'll not be good at any one thing i assume um and we need a picture of ruby here kyle just saying what do you so think uh jamie well i i I enjoyed that episode. Um, I think I had actually, I, if I remember correctly, suggested it because we had had several um, stories that had come across my radar uh, about avalanches and, and a few deaths that had happened as a result of avalanches. So I thought it would be fun to bring Kyle on the show and talk about avalanche safety and how to um, how avalanches happen, how re the rescue process happens, how to avoid getting caught in an avalanche, what, how to survive one. I mean, all those things come across your brain when you see an, uh, a story about someone getting caught in the backcountry in an avalanche and, and having, you know, either survival um, injuries or, or a fatality from it. And, and so it was really exciting, to, as always, to get Kyle on the show and share his expertise with um, that kind of rescue. And that's definitely his expertise. That's what he does all winter long. Um, Joe, were there any other ones that we haven't talked about that you found interesting? Yeah, the the other one for me that uh, I, I really liked was uh, Dr. Ali talking about mm. the train disaster in Waverly, Tennessee. And I, I was fascinated just by the story because it was a really phenomenal story but especially to look at it from the perspective of the 
impact that that disaster had on so many different things related to, uh, you know, railroad transportation, hazardous materials transportation, uh, placarding, uh, hazmat response, on and on and on, right? I mean, just the the, the watershed event that that uh, was that I knew nothing about before reading her book and uh, uh, hearing that story. Agreed. Um, that book, by the way, is called is called Walk Through Fire. If anyone wants to get that, um, very interesting story, and and especially coming from someone who's a native of Waverly, Tennessee. And Joe, you're familiar with Waverly, so that made it all that more interesting. So Kyle, uh, were you able to listen to that one? That one, uh, that yeah. one I was not, no. That's still in, in my queue, still in, in the list on uh, in my <laughs> podcast app. Okay. Um, Jamie, I know you remember that one. Oh, I absolutely do. And, and I remember, um, I think it, it brought so many things home for our podcast as, um, you know, because that disaster served as a catalyst for President Jimmy Carter to pass an executive order that created the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. And, you know, we talk about FEMA all the time on the show and, and all the things that FEMA does. Uh, Joe is part of a FEMA USAR team. You were part of a, were part of a FEMA um, DMAT team. Um, you know, there are so many things that FEMA does that we just kind of consider ordinary. But when that disaster happened uh, back in the 70s, there was no FEMA. And so there was no real organized federal um, disaster response that could come in and help with something major like this that happens in a community. So it is, it is an amazing story. It's an exciting story. And to have it be told, you know, almost firsthand from someone whose family was there and involved with it is just fascinating. And, and, you know, just kind of brings the whole podcast full circle almost. Well, and we're touching on my favorite area of topics and that's the first person or close to the first person story and how they were affected by it and their community was affected by it. And we, we were fortunate enough to do several of those last year and hopefully we'll get a bunch more. Um, any other ones, Joe, in particular? Uh, well, you know, I always love the clinical stuff. Uh, I, I don't know that there's any one of those that really stands out to me in particular. Uh, obviously, I, I have my passions with cardiac arrest. Uh, and, you know, just thinking about the conversation we were having a few minutes ago, I, I was thinking of a, uh, we need to do a podcast that uh, talks about how how to read and potentially interpret a, a, a medical study, a paper about a medical study. Oh, good idea. That's not something we've done. And Based on what you were just saying about the CPR research, um, <laughs> I think that's sorely needed. Uh, Jamie, agree? I totally agree with that. Um, it's one of the things that, interestingly enough, when, when I went through nursing school, had some training in, and up to that point, thought I knew I, what I was doing when I looked at a research paper. And the, the, just the limited training I got in nursing school on how to read research correctly 
um, only, you know, was the tip of the iceberg for me. It basically told me I didn't know anything about how to interpret a, a research paper accurately um, and, and left me feeling like I needed to learn a lot more before I could adequately do that. And I think that such an episode would be really helpful for a lot of our listeners. Oh, absolutely. Um, what about your list? Is there anything on your list, Jamie, that we haven't covered already? Well, I'm looking here. I had the train disaster on there. I had Joe's clinical episodes on there. I'll tell you one episode that we didn't talk about yet that I thought was just fascinating, and that was a decade of FEMA deployments with Dr. Joe Holly. Um, we talked about uh, Joe's USAR team background um, and that Joe had recently counted up at that time 43 USAR deployments to disasters in both the United States and abroad. And then, you know, that, that some of that predated his experience and, and affiliation with the Disaster Podcast and getting this podcast started. But um, just all the things that he has done just in the period of time we've been working with Joe is pretty fascinating. I mean, we, we did just on that episode, we talked about somewhere in the area of 20 different disaster responses we've covered with Joe on this podcast where he's been able to give us boots on the ground view of what's going on and how the response is happening in almost real time. And that's just I think what makes this show so groundbreaking in so many ways for the listeners. And so I look forward to more of that in the future. Um, but that was one of my choices. Yeah. In fact, that was the next one on my list, the uh, decade of FEMA deployments. Um, I had no idea there were that many. So, and Joe's also besides the CPR information, he talked to us about earthquake and tsunami clinical issues. Um, all of which were awesome. Um, what else is on your list, Jamie? Anything else? Uh, let me look here. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, uh, I think, um, I did enjoy, I, I did enjoy the, um, talk you did with, um, Dr. Erica Havelka and Dr. Jerome Lee on technology assisted medical disaster response and some of the things that you're doing with IDMC and the health tech without borders, uh, group. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, really enjoyed learning a lot about how, um, tech health technology can be brought into disaster response, even in remote locations, um, to help in places like Ukraine, um, or other, other things around the world. And so it was pretty cool to see how that was, you know, the telecritical care project that is being provided um, with the federal resources for uh, providing things like ex expert advice for ICU patients via telehealth to community hospitals and things like that that are part of the Health Tech Without Borders program. So it, there's a lot of neat things out there and that that highlighted for me. And I always, I'm a technology geek, so I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah and it makes me think of uh, Trek Medics. We just talked to uh, talked to Jason about his uh, the latest stuff they're doing, which is truly amazing. Um, 
I had another note here. It might have predated this year, but Kyle talking about severe weather health risks and response. Um, because I think at the time we were going through a wave of severe weather, including storms, tornadoes, and heat waves. So Kyle took those weather patterns and, and broke them down and talked about the dangers of each one. So that was pretty cool. I think we're kind of at the end of uh, our today, um, our this this week's podcast, but we're far from finished because I found a lot of awesome stuff that we talked about in terms of things we'd like to do and other podcasts we've had, and we need to get to the pod ones on here to hear from them. So we will continue this discussion uh, down the line. 100%. And I just want to thank um, Joe for, you know, 10 years of your experience and things, but also 10 years of your support through Paragon Medical Education Group. Um, you know, 10 years is a long time to stand behind a project like the Disaster Podcast. And we certainly appreciate all the things you've done to support the show over the last uh, 10 years with, you know, really... It was an experiment very much in the beginning when you first hooked up with us. I don't think you quite knew what you were getting involved with at the time, but we're excited about the opportunity to get some information out to people, and we appreciate that. Well, thanks, Jamie. Uh, it's been a great ride, uh, and, and it's hard to believe uh, that we've actually talked about half of the deployments I've been on <laughs> have been on this program. Uh, that, that I had no idea I had been that many, uh, that's super cool. And, uh, I love it. I love all you guys. And I'm, uh, I'm very pleased to be here and, uh, continue the journey. Definitely. And just, uh, you know, as we do every week, where can folks find out what you're up to with Paragon Medical Education Group? And do you have anything on the horizon? I know you talked last episode about things you have coming up in the new year that you're working on. Um, so please share all that with us. Uh, we do have some cool stuff coming up. Uh, the the military stuff with all the things going on in the world right now is definitely uh, cranking up a bit. Uh, and uh, we're working on uh, a lab for uh, the Eagles next year in, uh, in Florida. That uh, meeting is in uh, June, if I remember right. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, in the meantime, we always look forward to uh, talking to folks so we can put together a program that suits their needs and they can reach us at uh, Paragon Medical Education Group or Paragon Medical Group on the web and uh, uh, through the Disaster Podcast or through our uh, Facebook page as well. Awesome. Kyle, where can folks find out what you've been up to? Well, Jamie, best place to find me is on all the social media platforms under the handle WX Kyle Nelson. Uh, follow along and take a scroll back through uh, my awesome travels this year to the Western Pacific and uh, starting next week, Puerto Rico for some FEMA teaching and instructing. And uh, of course, dog pictures and ski season fun. Awesome. And Sam? Uh, all of the uh, places that Joe mentioned under Sam Bradley or Sam Bradley 11. And we have to talk about the X Games too, Kyle. 
Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have to, if we can get an opportunity to talk about the X Games either before or after, we always enjoy hearing what's going on with the planning and the aftermath of that plan process uh, with you, Kyle. It really helps us understand the, everything that goes into the uh, planning and, and putting on of major events like that. So we'll look forward to that. Um, as far as me, folks, you can find me under the handle Podmedic in most social media locations. So please friend or follow me there. And uh, always over at disasterpodcast.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the show. So just click on the subscribe links there in the right-hand side or right below the audio player on every episode page and get the show delivered to your mobile device of choice all the time whenever new episodes come out. Um, good episode, Sam. And, uh, you know, 10 years, uh, our actual official anniversary comes up right after the new year. But um, we wanted to get this uh, retrospective for this year in right now ah yes and there's more to come and you know going back through this stuff makes me still very proud of what we've done and we're so lucky to have joe as our sponsor and so lucky to have kyle and the other meteorologists as part of our core group who have been together for years and years um we really appreciate them so stand by for more because there's more fun to come